Hello, welcome to the old In and Out. This is our 50th show. So we're very, very, very excited about it. And I'm now going to introduce to you my co host, Brian Duan. Brian, how are you this evening? I'm well, and you? Um, couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. I'm very, very excited. We're at, we're at number number fifty. Wow, well, it's a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole bunch of shows that uh, still can be listened to. You can actually go to go to my site, and uh, you can actually hear them. Every single one of them. Uh, but uh, this is uh, number fifty, and uh, uh, people have been ask, have been asking me. Uh, how do we go about doing this? You know, we're relatively we're relatively low tech, uh, and uh, for instance, I'm here in New York City on the Upper East Side in my apartment, uh, in the kitchen, and Brian, you're way uh, way up in the Catskills. That's right, and in fact, in the town of Catskill, New York. Yeah, yeah, which is in inside the Catskill region. Yeah. And so we uh, we have this we have this conversation from from two places and what we do is we uh, we have two coffee cans. <laughs> and we have a string <laughs> leading from my place to the Catskill. <laughs> Which gives it this really really good low tech quality that we're looking for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it's all fun and games until it gets covered with ice and snaps. Then we've we got to string out a whole another long, hundred and thirty mile string. Yeah, that then then it gets to be a real issue. You know, but we do have you know we do have a few few spares uh, strings that we keep sort of in a little heat little heat room, a uh, little little heat box. And yeah, uh, you got to be prepared. You got to be prepared. You got to be prepared. Absolutely, got to be prepared. And uh, and speaking in prep, uh, how, how is the weather up there? Uh, has any leaves uh, changed yet, or they're just starting to? Yeah, uh, getting a little golden and sometimes a little orangey here and there. And uh, of course, when you drive from here up further north, as you drive you see fall progress in the one car ride, uh, particularly as you go up to higher elevations. Yeah. And then you see it turn. Even here, I went on Friday up the mountain, up the road, the little switchback road, Route 23A. Yeah. That goes up to Tannersville and Hunter. I went to North South Lake, which is up at the top of the mountain. Yeah. And uh, it was beautiful. I went up there with a notebook. Wow. I just sat there for a few hours at a t- picnic table. Hmm. Got to write in the notebook and just sit and be. Well, couldn't, uh, it couldn't, be, couldn't be better than that. Uh, couldn't be that better than great. that. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a beautiful day. Yeah. Couldn't squander it doing indoor chores. No. No, that's the time to be outdoors. Uh, and... Uh, I mean, on the other side of it, there's it's also it's all also pollen count. Uh, it's also pollen count month, you know, or pollen count time of the year. For instance, I love the I love the outdoors in the fall. The only problem is, you know, I have some allergies, so yeah. I, ha- I have to take Claritin with me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, an, an inhaler. 
Oh, sure, but you have to do that in the spring, too. Uh, yeah, for me, mostly in the, in, in the fall. You know, oh. uh, certain pollen weeds really, really start visiting me, like, in the fall. And oh. so I love, I love the way it looks and so forth, but uh, I have that, that, that issue. So I try and forget about it. You know, I take some Claritin with me and, and try, to, <laughs> try to enjoy everything and oh, know, yes. buy some pumpkins, you know, and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, apples from the, uh, from the roadside stands and drive through. Uh, do, you, do you have any covered bridges uh, uh, near you? Not near. Yeah. Not near. They're more out in, say, Delaware County. Yeah. I don't think I, I never see them here in Green County. Yeah. I, I, I always liked covered bridges. They had something oh, mis- yeah. mysterious about the whole thing. What's on the other side? That kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, I have relatives in Vermont, and there are oh, covered bridges here covered. and there. Yeah. And, they and have these- uh, I guess during... Yeah. During uh, Hurricane Irene, some of those got of them, washed out. Yeah, some of them got lost, yeah. They did, yeah. Because there's just so much water flowing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they used to hold uh, dances in covered bridges. You know, they would light them up and, you know, and they would have sort of like barn dances in them years ago. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Think of the stress that puts on the covered bridge. Yeah, yeah. Because of the synchronization, the synchronization, not just the weight of all those people, but all those people jumping up and down at the same time. Yeah, a band there, you know, and uh, yeah. It's the opposite of yeah. when soldiers break step to yeah. cross a bridge so that they don't pound the bridge down while they're marching on yeah. it. And, they you know, yeah, and find a place to plug the amps, you know, and uh, for the band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, Brian, tell us, uh, what, what are you up to? Well, I did, uh, I did a nifty gig down at the Century Association yeah. in New York. Yeah, know it very very old artist club. Know it very well. I've, uh, I've given concerts there myself. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, there was a... Uh, an evening of protest songs. Yeah. And so uh, there were a bunch of performers each doing one song. And, uh, uh, let's see, Loudon Wainwright was in it. Yeah. So was, uh, uh, well, Roseanne Cash was going to come, but yeah. her daughter was in an automobile accident. Oh, and I'm I think sorry to hear that. Yeah. Okay, but you know, she was still in the hospital and yeah. so she couldn't make it. Yeah. And, uh, but it was a good show. I did a, uh, a cover of, um, Kill for Peace by the Fugs. Yeah. The, the, yeah. That, that, uh, I, it's one of my, one of my favorite protest songs as a matter of fact. Yeah. 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 1965. Yeah, I think that was on the same album, uh, uh, with Virgin Forest. And uh, and river river of uh, river of expletive. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, that that was that was quite a that was quite a good album. Yeah, yeah. And uh, David Johansson was in the show. Buster, Buster Point. Yeah, Buster, right? yeah, and, yeah. And he was good. And so that was a that was a delightful gig and. Uh, not long ago, I played with Pamelia Stickney, the theremin player. Oh, right, she, she right, right. Pamelia yeah. Kirsten. Yeah, yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, 
tomorrow morning, Monday morning, I'll play with Ross Goldstein and others, uh, Scott Petito, for Monday morning Mellotron. I don't know if I ever talked to you about that. Every two weeks, every other Monday, we get together and we make weird breakfast music from 8 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. Where do you do this? Um, Down the street at Hilo, which is... uh, a coffee shop, bar, art gallery, and performance place. General purpose fun house. Is that the place where you have the hamburgers, too? No, no hamburgers there. Uh-huh. But uh, there are hamburgers elsewhere. Yeah, because you were telling me about some of the hamburgers also. Yeah. Uh, maybe Ace of Burgers. That's the which, place. That's I yeah. Thought, yeah, that's the place. That's the place. Yeah, yeah they're, they're long gone now. Yeah. But the memory will live forever. Ah. So, so I did play a Christmas show in there. I, uh, that's what I, I, I remember. <laughs> I remember you telling me that, and I, I had thought maybe this performance space was the Ace of Burgers. Yeah, yeah. I told you about how I did uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Yeah, yeah. There was a boy who was about 10 years old, and once I started playing it, he said, No, not that song. Not that song. Uh, and I felt for him because he was frightened. Yeah. But uh, it was too late. The song had already started. Well, there's nothing you can do about it. Then you have to. Yeah, you had to see it. You had to see it through. And, I had uh, to see it through. Yeah. Yeah. And, but luckily, uh, it didn't take long. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. take a long time to sing that song. Yeah. And then there's going to be uh, Scott Petito put together. Uh, an evening of Sun Ra songs we put oh. together an ensemble yeah. and that will be on Wednesday night yeah. I will be playing Melody Jin and doing vocals because there will be a lot of voices Yeah, yeah. so I'm looking forward to that still learning some of the stuff well uh, uh, it sounds like all exciting events um, on my end I just finished a run of Carousel uh, you know where we uh you know, the you know the carousel shut right. down. The carousel so shut down. Done. <laughs> it's done. Yeah. So how long how long was that running? Almost six months. And uh, I mean, we got we got some wear out of it. It's a good chunk of time. Yeah. 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 Uh, not as long as American in Paris, which lasted almost two years. <laughs> On the other hand, you know, I loved the music of Carousel. I loved playing it. But again, you know, you're playing it a hundred and some times. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, and the same thing with American Paris. I was hitting the 500th time uh, on, on that one. And, uh, and so it's nice. It's nice to take that, it's nice to take <laughs> well, it's that good break. That you did it. Yeah, good that you did it and good that now you are relieved from your duties. Well, you know, I'll never walk alone. <laughs> if you know what but, I mean. No, uh, but I'm, I'm never going to walk alone anymore. <laughs> I'm never going to, you know, run alone. I'm never going to drink alone. <laughs> and uh, and and so, um, but but I'm, I'm grateful. It was a good run, and it was a it was it was a good production, and. The orchestrations were wonderful. Uh, Jonathan Tunick did them, and he added an accordion part. And uh, I'd like to believe he added it for me, and, well, I was playing it. So 
I'm going to assume that. And, uh, and, uh, and it worked out really, really, really well. It's a beautiful, uh, a beautiful score, a beautiful accordion part. And so, uh, th- you know, that's, that's it. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a little something now that afterwards, yeah. afterwards, uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to talk about a few things and I'm not going to be particularly ironic. I'm going to talk about next year's seminars and I'm going to change the, uh, uh, I'm going to do a re- re- little bit of a reverse irony, uh, cause I'm going to talk about a, a certain milieu of music that, uh, that goes sort of in another direction. I suppose you can look at it from any way you want. But but uh, but first, let me play uh, my number, and okay. uh, which is going to be well. I'll tell you later when I'm finished. All right, let's hear it. Yeah.
Okay. That was Ludwig stole the Kishka. <laughs> it takes two pieces and does a reality on them. The first piece, of course, is, is Beethoven's Seventh. And the second one is the wonderful Polish Eastern European folk song, Who Stole the Kishka. <laughs> and Kishka, now we know. Now we know. Now we know we're... <laughs> now we know where one came from the other or, or one didn't come from the other or whatever, how they're combined. And so, right. So we know that Beethoven became first or maybe maybe the Kishka number actually became first and Ludwig stole it and, uh, or the other way around. Oh, I didn't think that he stole the piece. I just thought he stole the Kishka. Both. Both. <laughs> Both. He had some Kishka while he stole the piece. <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone. Kill two birds with one stone. Do you, do you do you know what a of course you know what a Kishka is. Well I don't really. Well, I mean it's 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 I just it's, figured it was some kind of a pie. It, yeah, it's, it's kind of a it's it, well it's it's sort of a it is sort of a pie and yeah, and it's covered and it's covered with a kind of an animal animal gut, and uh, made into something that looks like kind of a sausage. <laughs> and and there's different kinds. I mean, there's you know, uh, there's uh, there's the Polish kishka, and then there's of course the Jewish kishka, which is you know kosher, and uh, there's there's more than one type. Uh, but uh, there's a, of course a famous polka called Who Stole the Kishka as you well you probably know Frank Yankovic and people like that have recorded it it's been recorded many times uh-huh. and, uh, and I always felt that in a sense it, it had the same basic harmonies as a movement from Beethoven's 7th so uh, it turned out to be a very 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 nice combination of the two <laughs> Uh, and I simply call it Ludwig Stoll the Kishka, and uh, which sort of brings us to our our next our next topic. Uh, uh, the seminars next year are going to be July twenty sixth, twenty seventh, and twenty eighth, and uh, and the title will be "That Means What." That and, means yeah, what? what? Yeah, and uh, and. A lot of people over the years, due to the, the way our seminars run, would come up to me or would write to me and say, what does that mean? <laughs> so I decided that for t- it would be our 25th year. It would be our 25th year. And I will, uh, I will, in a sense, respect these questions with a weekend called That Means What? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and uh, so, uh, and over the um, over the course of more radio shows, I'll, I'll I'll fill in what what more 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 of what it of what it means. There's actually more to it than what I'm saying right now, but I don't want to give it all away as we go. No, along. but it also sounds like a thing that could refer to a few different things oh, yeah. all at once. Oh yes, it, 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 and it does. It refers to a number of things. And uh, which I'll which I'll I'll discuss as we go go along. Uh, one and and obviously since it's our twenty fifth anniversary, 
Uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, obviously doing some new things, but we're also going to be doing some of the old hits that came out of some of our former, uh, former uh, seminars. And obviously we're going to be looking at some of, I'll be talking to you, we're going to be looking at some of, some of your hits. And, you know, perhaps in addition to doing some new stuff, you would do one of your old hits. And, oh boy! Uh, and there'll be a you know you've done a number of you've done a number of old hits, uh, and I remember all those those fractured nursery rhymes you gave once about Barney could build a sailor and things of that nature. I'll, I'll never forget those. And uh, oh and, yeah. yeah, 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 that was the toxic folk melt. The yeah, yeah, you not a clean note, not a clean, not a clean word was in it. <laughs> no, and uh, oh, it was full of. Folk cruelties. Folk cruelties, and that was one of them, of course. And you know, and obviously, last year the old dope, the old dope peddler was just unbelievable. Oh yeah, well that is such a wonderful song. Yeah, it's well written too. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's such a kernel. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a masterpiece, and it's a masterpiece Nugget. of irony and so forth. That it is. Yeah. And one of the things that I'm going to do because. Um, Oh, uh, it's sort of in the air now. Uh, uh, back in the early 80s, I uh, delivered a paper at the University of Kansas City. And uh, I was assigned the paper because it was a, a, a weekend, it was an accordion uh, symposium. And there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of European artists there talking about some very serious stuff. So I decided to give a talk, a talk called Learning from Lawrence Swelk. And, uh, and which actually back in 81 was a shocker. And for two reasons. One oh, re- sure. Yeah, one reason, one reason is that uh, uh, amongst the European artists, it was like, it was almost sacrilegious. But the truth of the matter is that many of those guys did not come prepared. In other words, they were supposed to present papers. But a lot of the guys who showed up didn't have their papers. They got up and they started talking about, you know, avoid this, don't do transcriptions, and, and you, know, uh, only do, uh, you know, only play the finest music, any questions. And, and, you know, they had no papers. And so I showed up with a scholarly paper, paper called Learning from Lawrence Welk. And uh, it, it caused a stir more amongst the participants. The audience loved it. <laughs> and for the right reasons and for the wrong reasons. I, I, I talked about him as one of the first postmodern artists. <laughs> and, uh, and that he was sort of the Apollo who stood for balance and wisdom. And he kept the accordion out for 30 years when it was losing its popularity. And on one level, he kept it out uh, and he remained... Uh, giving it the popularity, and at the same time, it was becoming unpopular. It was becoming unpopular because of him as well, because younger people saw something that their parents were watching and they wanted to get away from. Sure. Yeah, yeah, and so, uh, so they, so all my buddies who were taking up the accordion, you know, took up the electric organ or drums or or or, or the Telecaster guitar or the Stratocaster, and uh, you know that story I've, I've I've told a number of times. But now, uh, uh, I want to reconnect with Lawrence Welk with the audience for a lot of reasons, and and perhaps even deliver the paper again. Uh, I'm going to offer a new edition of it, 
and I'm going to talk about uh, you know, what he did not only for uh, for music, but also as a uh, as a business person, as a as a a media artist, uh, as an as an accordionist, and uh, also as a person. Uh, he was the kind of person that uh, he understood the business of music. He knew who his audience was, and he knew how to connect with that audience. And you can use that for anything you want. And uh, and he kept the thing going for thirty years. And when national when, when mainstream television decided to take him off the air after thirty years, he went to Oklahoma TV. No, he, yes, actually, he went to Oklahoma TV and he bought himself a television television station. He bought a station <laughs> and ran for another 20 years and so forth. And then they started showing his stuff on uh, public on PBS. And uh, so there was always an audience for it. And uh, they were hipper than, you, than one realizes. Because uh, even Myron Florn, when he, on, you can see him on YouTube, when he's demonstrating the chicken dance... He brings three people out to demonstrate it, and one of the, the people is his daughter. And his daughter is a hipster. She looks like she could be from the Lower East Side or from Williamsburg, and she's out there <laughs> demonstrating the chicken dance. <laughs> and, and looking like she's having a good time. And, uh, and then uh, he also took care of his people. He paid them well. And he also started a Lawrence Welk village where people could buy property and houses. And oh, uh, if they yeah, yeah, if they wanted to. And so he, he like he took care of his people. And there was a joke about him laughing all his way to the bank. That you know he's, and and he did laugh all the way to the bank. And it was the Lawrence Welk National Bank. <laughs> he also had his own bank <laughs> and uh yet but he took care of uh, he took care of his uh, his own and uh and also he had a sense of empathy and compassion that you always felt even if you were if you were joking about him uh and that was there and and you know one touching story that I have to share, which is maybe a little bit even too too maudlin, but it was true. I remember as a little kid, or as a you know not so little, uh, sitting out on the stoop of of my house, and uh, and across the street, we could see in the window, across the street, and we could see Mr. Gilday, uh, with his little baby in his arms. And he was going to be baptized the next day. And he was dancing with the baby to Lawrence Welk. We could see the TV. He was dancing with the baby to Lawrence Welk. And I said to my parents, he's dancing with the baby to Lawrence Welk. <laughs> and my parents said, that's what you do before he gets baptized. And when Mike was born the day before his, his baptism, I did the same thing. And, uh, and wow, you know, uh, yeah, baptism I, by Welk. Yep, and I did the same thing, and uh, it was a it's a treasured it's a treasured moment in my life.
and uh, Mr. Welk was the catalyst in all that. And so uh, it's, I guess it's that human touch that he had, no matter how many people thought him to be corny, which he was, and uh, yet there was that quality, and yet there was the innovation. Uh, his uh, his his uh, songs that he would present were done like in memes. Oh, uh, you know, they were acted out in costumes, like little like little memes, and nobody was doing that then. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so uh, so we'll we'll be talking more and more about that, and uh, and all of a sudden the the scene will shift because. You don't approach, I mean, you can. You can approach Welk with, with tremendous irony if you wish. But you could also, just for a while, take a break from the irony and just look it straight in the eye. Well, even now, it seems like that itself is very old fashioned. Yes. Like yes. the idea of making fun of Lawrence Welk yeah, exactly. for being behind the times and being out of style. Exactly. You know, it would makes a lot more sense for. You know, back in the seventies, yeah, that they would tease him for being old-fashioned. Yeah, but now it seems really kind of silly for somebody to show how hip they are by saying derogatory things exactly. about Lawrence Welk. Exactly, exactly. And particularly too, if uh, I'm intrigued to hear about how he kind of allowed people to kind of treat him like that. He kind of functioned as a straight man, but he was onto them. But he was doing what he wanted to do. And even just the stability of being interested in a kind of music and as fashions change around you, being impervious to it. Well, he actually had a couple of hits on the, uh, on the charts. Calcutta, Last Date, and so forth. And kids were dancing to it on American Bandstand. Yeah. He even knew how to, you know, he, act, he could step out of that and, you know, and step back in. I mean, the guy was, the guy was a genius. And, uh, and he actually even had the group on. He had some groups on occasionally. He had that surfing group that did Pipeline on one night. Oh, I only have dim memories of seeing him on TV. Yeah. But uh, I remember, and I can remember my mother teasing her father for watching it, but I didn't really get why she was teasing him because it just seemed like, you know, there are these people playing music and there's a bubble machine, and even the bubble machine is... You know, with an idiosyncratic touch. Well, Tom Waits, Tom Waits had a bubble machine. When I was working with Tom, uh, um, we went on the Letterman <laughs> show. Uh, Tom put on a bubble machine. And uh, well, it's, a bubble machine is a timeless thing. Yeah. And so my paper, learning from Lawrence Welk, will will be will be uh, uh, presented again, and perhaps you know, you know, perhaps in a, in a newer in a newer fashion, or perhaps not. Maybe, maybe the way it initially was. And, uh, well, yeah, yeah. It's certainly something that should be presented because I think few people are acquainted with his biography or the extent of his story because, you know, I certainly didn't know all those things about him. And, uh, and, and, and uh, when I delivered that paper in Kansas City, it turned out, and I had no idea, that the entertainment at the dinner that night was going to be Myron Florn, the accordion player in Lawrence Welk. Oh. And, <laughs> and so what happened is, as we're having dinner, you know, Myron starts going into the audience and he starts dancing with the ladies like Lawrence would do. 
and he would say, uh, I think I'm going to make the boss jealous tonight. And, and as I did that, there was a payphone right in the same room, sort of in, in a little alcove. And I called Mickey. And, I'm, and I said to Mickey, I said, Mickey, I am watching uh, Myron Florin dance with all the ladies. And Mickey was, was watching Lawrence Welk with some friends. And she said, I'm just watching two of the dancers in space suits doing this space number on the Lawrence Welk show at the same time. <laughs> and that was kind of a, that was kind of a wonderful <laughs> uh, a wonderful thing. And uh, there is there is a, a picture that was taken with me and Myron Florn, but I don't know where to find it or where it is. And and we never met. Someone just jam, you know, someone just pushed the two of us together and snapped the picture. And then Myron went off, you know, and started talking to a lot of people. He was a star. And, uh, and but a picture was taken. Maybe someday it will show up. Stuff like that happens. <laughs> Stuff like that happens. But someone snapped the picture. And, uh, and so that's, that's going to be my, that's going to be an important aspect of my end, at least in the afternoon seminars. Um, uh, I think it's time to reevaluate uh, Lawrence Walk for a lot of reasons, including the human, the human touch. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and so uh, that's uh, that's what's going to happen uh, again, July twenty sixth, twenty seventh, and twenty eighth at Tenry. And uh, what's coming up with me on uh, next next Friday night, which oh, yes, October twelfth, I will be at the club. Uh, Barthalia, the Barthalia, which is at Symphony Space. I believe that's, I believe it's 95th and Broadway. Uh, just look for the Symphony Space sign along the side on uh, 95th Street. You'll, you'll see Barthalia. And I'll be there starting at 9 o'clock with my group called the Yorkvillians. Uh, we're all from the Yorkville section of, uh, of Manhattan. And we'll be doing a set there. No cover, no minimum. If you're around there or anywhere, drop by, say hello, and enjoy a drink. They have great food there. And, uh, and so that has it. That's our 50th. I'm very, very happy that we're back, you know, uh, back in the, in, the, in the saddle with our 50th show. I'm going to sign off. Uh, where, what are we going to hear, Brian? I'm sorry about that. Where, 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 what are we going to hear from you? Well... I don't think I've sent you Milk the Cow's Rap. Ah, now that, now we're talking. By Lil Zim. By Li- Oh, really? Oh, great. And, and Lil Zim, I guess, is a, yeah. I think Canadian, but I'm not sure, uh, dairy farmer, and ah. uh, who wrote this song, which was, I think, a parody of an existing song. And uh, so I learned it from his recording, which you can hear on YouTube. Oh, oh, that's that. That'll be an incredible. That'll be that's that's incredible. I can't wait. Can't wait to hear it. <laughs> uh, and uh, I mean, I know little. I know little Kim. I don't know little little Zim. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, uh, but it's little Zim. You said, is that right? Yeah. yeah. So that's his yeah, moniker. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know his work. So it'll it'll. I'll be uh. excited to find find out. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, back in the um, back in the uh, I think 
the, the either late 50s or early 60s, I wanted to start a dance called the milk. Where you, you know, as you, you were dancing and you were like milking the cow. <laughs> and it never caught on. <laughs> I just caught, well, at least it hasn't caught on yet. It has, well, you, you never know, right? <laughs> There's always tomorrow. There's always tomorrow, exactly. On that note, I'm going to say goodbye. Okay, good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, Brian. A great, it was a great, great show tonight. And good night, everyone. And thanks for tuning in. Good night and God bless. Coming to the barn at 5.15. Well, yeah, I'm tired, but the cows need to eat. Milk the cows. Fresh silage, fresh light, ground feed, fresh formula, M. Fresh pellets what I feed. Milk the cows. All the cows love eating all they feed and waiting all night just for something good to eat. Milk the cows. Milking cows, I get paid every week. You can tell I've got money by the boots on my feet. Milk the cows. Blue gloves so you know a brother milking. Just about to start, gotta do some pre-dipping. Milk the cows, start stripping, gotta get it wide open. Cows won't start till I get the milk a-flowing. Milk the cows, small cows, tall cows, all cows, dairy cows. We gon' fill up the barn with even beef cows. All cows, milk cows, but my cows, all done. Better get your unit off, who's ever done with it? My barn milk the cows, my barn milk the cows. My barn milk the cows, my barn milk the cows. My barn milk the cows, my barn milk the cows. My barn milk the cows, my barn milk the cows. Dip em, strip em. Milk em, dip em, dip em, strip em, milk em, dip em, dip em, strip em, milk em, dip em, dip em, strip em, milk em, dip em. Hot, hot, drop, drop, hot, drop. Man, that water's really hot. Yeah, that plug is gonna sit. Milk the cows. You see these cows in my barn, how they listen? Soon as I holler, you'll see that they don't kick. Milk the cows. Gutter kinda smelling funky, not skunky. Not after too long, you will get used to it. Milk the cows, milkin', I can do 40 an hour. From six o'clock to seven is the time that works the best. Milk the cows, fresh cows, springer, heifers, twin calves, bull or a heifer, what's gonna come next? Milk the cows, milk a Holstein or a Jersey or some crosses or I'll even milk an Angus. Yeah, hey, what the heck? Milk the cows, man, I gotta milk twice a day. No, it ain't that bad, yo, I do it every day. No, we don't milk them out by hand. I just put the unit on and think that way is the best. My barn milk the cows, 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 my barn milk the cows. Dip them, strip them, milk them, dip them, dip them, strip them, milk them, dip them, dip them, strip them, milk them, dip them, dip them, strip them, milk them, dip them.